Hi, I'm Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. Experts are divided when it comes to markets being either random or predictable. Mentory of 2002, Mr. Doug Jew, has researched the topic extensively. After his work, Feasting on Fat Tales was published in your Trading Edge magazine. We interviewed him to discuss his findings on the predictability of markets, what a fat tail is, and what to do when fat tails in the markets come along. But first in talking trading, let's hear from the Wheeze Bedford in Mind Power on the cost of speculation and just how much money do you need to start trading. I received a personal message from one of the members of my mentor program. As you might know, with Chris Tate, we run the number one trading mentor program in the world. It's actually the only mentor program that has been running continuously since the year 2000. And being a repeat for free course, Gosh, it has garnered so much support from the people who have gone through the course. We've got a beautiful trading community. Now, one of the questions that I received from one of my mentorees says that I would have thought that if you apply the same money management rules to $20,000 as you would with $100,000, you would achieve the same percentage returns. Is that not correct? Now, that's a really good question. It springs to the heart of how much equity is required in the markets to be able to firstly learn and secondly get a reasonable return. Now, mostly, I suggest people start with a minimum of $15,000. But to get decent returns, you're going to need to go on faith a little bit longer and put in more money. Either you need to save that equity or you need to be able to free up another asset to be able to place more money into the markets. You see, the problem lies with two things. Brokerage, firstly, has much more of an impact with a smaller account. Also, the size of your positions becomes too small to be viable when you don't have that much capital in the first place. That's why up to around the 30 to 50k mark, we suggest you use an equal portions capital allocation model. Now, if you don't know what that is, you've got some reading to do. The book to read is Trading Secrets. Yes, I wrote the book, but it does summarise my thoughts on an equal portions capital allocation model compared to a volatility-based method. Volatility-based methods are fantastic if you have a bigger trading equity to start with and they'll get you the best returns, give you the highest level of focus and skill development and you won't get chewed up with brokerage. I suggest if you do have a smaller account that you paper trade until you're a bit more confident. I hear where you're coming from. I hear that you want to get into the markets as soon as you can. But saving is one of those things that is totally underestimated as a wealth tool. Trading effectively does mean limiting your losses. It's up to you if you choose to start small, but if you decide to do so, then be aware there are some inherent limitations with this method. The cost of speculation must be worthwhile. So to learn more, pick up a copy of Trading Secrets from tradinggame.com.au. Go to the shop and order yourself a copy today. It's the best possible start to your trading future that I can recommend.
Hi, I'm Larry McMillan, author of Options as a Strategic Investment, and I listen to Talking Trading. Mr. Doug Jew, mentoree of 2002. Doug, you wrote an article in your Trading Edge magazine called Feasting on Fat Tails. What on earth is a fat tail? Uh, to explain what a fat tail is, I've got to take you through a bit of a journey about probability. So is that okay with you? Probably. Yeah, oh, probably. Very funny. So, look, I, I always, um, ever since I started trading, I always had um, a difficulty with pe- the statements people make about their trading strategies, about how this strategy has a 60% chance of success. or I mean, some people claim like 90% are ridiculous. I'm thinking, well, what, when you say that, do you mean probability like throwing a, throwing a dice where, you know, you've got a one in absolute hard one in six uh, chance of throwing any particular number? Or perhaps more appropriately, if you're playing Russian roulette, you've got a five out of six chance of not being shot. And to digress slightly, when you hear about people talking about their trading histories, and how much money they lose, sometimes you think that what they're doing is putting five bullets in the chambers and only having one. But anyway, so I was always worried about that. So I thought I'd just take a look at it and see what's written about probability and trading and so on. And, and the place that really worried me first was these charts you see that have been created by random numbers. And people write programs to translate those random numbers into things that look like uh, candlestick charts. And they're in, absolutely indistinguishable from a real chart. But it was, was just generated from random numbers. And I found that very perplexing. Just made me ask the question, does this mean that markets are random or are they predictable? And what's your thoughts? Well, the first thing I looked at was a book called A Random Walk Down Wall Street. Stock market, stock market price changes are random and can't be predicted. And they have this concept of the efficient market, which means that you pick up the age in the morning, you see BHP has announced these great figures, and you ring up your broker and say, I want to buy BHP. By the time you do that, the price has already gone up because the market is so-called efficient. All the information about a share is absorbed in the process in the price instantly so that means you can't make money by um, doing that now then somebody else wrote a book called a non-random walk down wall street and what they said was that despite what the random walk guys say price movements are not random now this book is almost impossible to understand they use a term in it Heteroscedastic. The book is almost unintelligible, but you can get out of it that they do say there's some evidence of predictability, but they provide no method of capitalising on this. So you've got two books, both of which say the opposite to one another. And A Random Walk Down Wall Street is incredibly popular. It's sold one and a half million copies. Uh, 80, 89% of the reviews on Amazon give it five or four stars. And that another book with almost the same name says it's all rubbish. So, of, uh, randomness. so let's talk about the famous bell curve. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, that was where I went next because 
another thing you pick up when you read about uh, the, the literature about trading is that people sort of have this sometimes unconscious, sometimes conscious idea that price movements uh, behave what's called normally, which means they conform to the, the famous bell curve. So you know, you know the odds of, of any particular price movement because price movements conform to bell curves. Now, bell curves occur a lot in nature. If you chart people's height, you get a bell curve. Uh, if you chart the weight of newborn babies, you get all IQ scores, you get a bell curve. And people then have a tendency to think that everything is distributed by, a bell, by way of a bell curve. And in fact, it's, uh, it's not. There are lots of things that aren't. Age is not. There are many more younger people than there are older people. And in the world of economics and finance, it's the same thing. For example, income and wealth are not normally distributed. Let's talk about uh, Mendelbrot and factual geometry. Well, I was going to get to that. Karen, okay. Caroline. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I I agreed with them. So the next person I found was, as you say, was Benoit Mandelbrot, uh, and fractal geometry. Uh, Very fractal interesting ge topic. Yeah, fractal geometry. It's when you look at uh, things in nature, they often the patterns mm. that occur in them occur occur every scale. Mm. So if you look at the patterns of a coastline of a country. Then you go down and look at the, the patterns of the coastline for a small part of that country and a smaller part and a smaller part. The same pattern ex patterns exist. And, and we know that's true of share prices, whether you look at a, mm. uh, a, a weekly chart or a daily chart or an hourly chart or a minute Fourth chart. hourly chart. Yeah, yeah they, the same patterns exist. So he thought, well, this is very interesting. And he created equations that drew fractal patterns. And he thought, well, if I can do that, maybe I can use this geometry to predict price movements because they're fractal. Anyway, he found that he couldn't do that. He confirmed that the markets are not normally distributed and he couldn't find any way of predicting what price movements were going to be. <laughs> okay. Your next port of call. Yeah, you know, my next port of call was Nassim Taleb and his books, Fooled by Randomness and The Black Swan. The Black Swan. Fantastic Day. books. Any person who's trading must read Fooled by Randomness. Uh, one of the things that he demonstrates is that as human beings, we have a tendency uh, to make up theories about things. Uh, and um, when they work, uh, or they appear to work, they discount the fact that it might have just been by luck that, it, that they worked. And that, in fact, some behaviour that is essentially random, because it conformed to some pattern once, doesn't mean that it's always going to conform to that pattern. This really rang a bell with me because I was trading ASX 200 shares from 2003 to 2007. Of course, you're too young to remember that. But, <laughs> uh, Keep but, it at, that, yeah, but at that time... Uh, the ASX 200 index was just shooting up week after week, month after month, year after year. And naturally, I thought that the money I was making was due to my skill. And of course, it wasn't. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was due to what the market was doing. And I was just latched onto it. I realised that it had all just been exterior. It wasn't due to my skill as a trader at all that this was happening. Okay. Oh. So what about the German banknote? Oh, the German banknote. Okay. Well, what this is about is that the Germans had a banknote that showed 
the person that uh, discovered the bell curve, a guy called uh, Carl Friedrich Gauss. They had a picture of him on the uh, on the note and a bell curve on the note. Now, the Deutsche Mark in, in the 1920s went from four per dollar to four trillion per dollar, Woo. which is not... It's not... Uh, uh, it's not a normal event in two in two senses of the word. It's not a normal event just because it ain't, and it's also not a normal event because it doesn't conform to any kind of bell curve anybody can think up. The conclusion, which I said before, I've come to is that uh, people people who claim percentage charges of success with their with their trading plan, I don't believe them, and I don't believe it's possible. There's no there's no neat standard deviations that you can use, and essentially. We're in a random world. Okay. However. Yes, now, sorry, however. However. Now we get to fat tails. Okay, let's talk about the fat tails. Okay, so all this, what all this tells me is that price movements can't be predicted with statistical probability and really part of a world of uncertainty. But there are some very large price movements that go on forever in both directions. Mm. And these long-term trends uh, are the fat tails. They're the things that are not predicted by normal distribution, uh, but they're things that do occur in the world of, uh, of price movements. So we're talking about, let's say, the American share market index over the last 10 years. Is that a fat tail? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, I guess it is. I tend to think of it in terms of individual positions. I can tell you a story about a friend of mine who, before he understood protecting your capital, bought some share or other that went uh, from about a grand to $760,000. He was sitting on $760,000. Whoa. And uh, within the space of two days, it fell to 60. Mm. And he got out at 60. He just kissed goodbye to 700 grand. Oh, how heartbreaking. If that's, if that's the universe we're working in, well, how do I trade, I suppose? And I'm not claiming any originality to this way of trading because, as you know, I've studied with uh, Chris and Louise at the trading game and uh, I've learned more or less everything I know from them. Factor number one, price movements are fundamentally unpredictable. So we must expect that many of our trades will be unsuccessful, no matter what strategy we employ to identify trading opportunities. We need to allow for the possibility of long runs of unsuccessful trades, 10, 20, and have the psychological stamina to say, yeah, well, this is normal. Uh, I'm, I'm operating in this sort of Alice in Wonderland world, really, where you can't predict what's going to happen next. And it's certainly not out of the bounds of possibility that I will make the same, mis- uh, the same mistake 20 times and lose money on each one. So I've got to protect myself against that. On the other hand, I also know that from time to time, I'm going to find these fat tails, shares that just go on up and up without any rhyme or reason. So if I'm, if I'm operating in that world, I've got two things that I need to do. One of it, one of them is I've got to protect my capital. So I set I so I set my stops so that if the fat tail is in the direction of zero, I'm way out, way before it gets anywhere near zero. And when when I've got a fat tail, I've got my trailing stop going up with it. 
so that I don't take profits. I just wait for my stop to be hit when it is hit, which is going to be, a, uh, depending on the vo volatility, um, say 3 ATR below the price at which, it, when it falls to that price, I'm out. So I never sell early. You know, this thing about you'll never go broke making a profit is nonsense. You will go broke making a profit because you'll never, you'll never capitalise on these um, wonderful fat tails that exist. And what would you I say to traders who don't necessarily believe in these ideas? I know there are lots of traders out there that think what I've just said is more or less nonsense or not nonsense, it's not the way they trade. They trade in all kinds of different ways. And I've got absolute, absolutely, uh, you know, respect for them. I've just, uh, what I've done is I've gone through a whole lot of books, found a whole lot of information, which I believe to be true and presented it. Uh, the last thing I want to say is in reference to those guys, it's a story about a bumblebee. The story is that NASA assembled their finest mathematicians and aerodynamicists and a huge supercomputer and they proved incontrovertibly that bumblebees can't fly or your trading system won't work. When they told the bumblebee, he thought about it for a moment and said, you could be right, mate, and flew off into the sunset. <laughs> Doug Dew will leave it on that bumble note. Thanks very okay. much for your time. And stay tuned for next week's show with Chris Tate. I'm Caroline Stephen. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation. Want to know the hottest sectors in the Aussie market? Now's your chance. Download my free Hot or Not special report from tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not. That website again, tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not.